Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. And I'm your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And I've just returned from a phenomenal trip to the UK to some of the sacred sites investigating uh, different aspects and energies of Stonehenge, Avebury, the city of London no less, Glastonbury and also Tintagel Castle. And within Glastonbury, the whole concept of landscape zodiacs, which uh, I will be talking about at some future date on the show. It's a very significant um, insight that, uh, that we've been given to, to work with in this, uh, in this phenomenal time here on planet Earth. And today I'm absolutely delighted to welcome to the show Antoine Gigal, who is an expert in Egypt, one of the few people on the planet who can actually translate the Egyptian hieroglyphs directly. And so we're going to have a really interesting discussion today about some of the aspects of ancient Egypt. So Antoine, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you. Perhaps you could begin just by giving our listeners a little bit of a uh, an insight into into your work and and how you came to be in this in this Egyptian realm. Yes, of course. Um, I spent first. I spent seven years in the University of Sorbonne in Paris and in the National Institute of Oriental Languages and Civilizations, funded by Champollion in Paris. And I graduated in Chinese, Japanese, Sanskrit, uh, following at the same time classes of archaeology in another university. And then I began to visit Egypt extensively, and I have been investigating archaeological facts and and sites all around Egypt for 20 years now. How did you uh, actually? Then, how did you actually get the ability to to translate the hieroglyphs? Well, because uh, as I said, I was in the university and in the special school funded by Champollion. Champollion would would discover the translation of the hieroglyph, and uh, so uh, I learned how <laughs> to 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 read the hieroglyphic, and then. I began to write hundreds of articles about uh, archaeological sites in Egypt and to give lectures everywhere. Fantastic. Now, one of my uh, great interests is uh, alchemy, and I know there's a tremendous piece about alchemy in ancient Egypt. So tell us a little bit about what you know about the the alchemy of, of the ancient Egyptians. Yes, of course. So the ancient Egyptians' symbol for the name of their country are the consonants Kemt, Al-Kem. It means black land in reference to the very rich black soil deposited by the strong Nile River. I suppose you know that already. And 
Alchem is also believed to be the origin of the word alchemy. By the way, I have to say that uh, Alchem and Kemet is not the oldest name of Egypt because Tameri is the first name of Egypt. Tameri means the beloved country, the beloved land. And Tameri, you know, you, you have different level of understanding of the hieroglyphic. It depends of your level of consciousness and knowledge. And Tameri is coming from Tamera. So it is the land, Ta, and Mer, the land, pyramids, and Ra, the sun god. This is a second lectures of the name Tameri. And Ra was a feminine concept at the beginning, because Ra was in fact Rat, and Rat was Isis, as uh, Sir Wallace Budge wrote it, uh, the famous Egyptology. So it is just to show you that you have different level of meanings inside the same words, the same hieroglyphic. So why was so important alchemy in ancient Egypt? The ancient Egyptians understood, as our physicists today, that matter is nothing more than shaped energy. It is simply movement. They view they viewed mankind as the latest act of a supreme consciousness, its manifestation from the metaphysical into the physical, the transformation of consciousness into the material world. Don't forget that, for example, one of the key documents of alchemy, the emerald table, was highly regarded by the father of modern physics, uh, Sir Isaac Newton. A rediscovery of it in the 15th century inspired the Renaissance toward modern science. And it is interesting to note that the Greeks saw Egypt as the font of all knowledge and the word philosophy is derived from philo, which is related to the Egyptian term, meaning son of the Egyptian culture. So the traditional goal of alchemy is the science of chemistry, the science of transmuting the common metals to precious or useful ones. And another goal is, by the way, to find the elixir of long life. So now what I discovered, of course, I met a study of a lot of ancient alchemy texts, but first of all, I noticed that it exists a lot of statues covered in a thin layer by a mysterious element but not any statue, only a few gods' statues. Only those 
of the gods linked with fecundity revival the opening of new roads. It is to say, the renewal. For example, uh, for the god Min, I remember that another name for Min is Kem also. He was a god of reproduction. As the god Num, he was a creator of all things. And also, uh, another kind of statue covered by this secret element is Osiris. Osiris, <clears throat> um, the underworld agency that granted all life, including sprouting vegetation and the fertile flooding of the Nile. He is described as the Lord of Love. So Osiris began to be associated with the cycles observed in nature, in particular vegetation and the annual flooding of the Nile. You have also this secret element on the statue of Anubis. The, the name, the Egyptian name of Anubis is Inpu. So you, if you think in English, input is the energy, the entrance of the information. It was the same in ancient Egypt. So no public procession in Egypt will be conducted without an Anubis to march at the head. You had also Ammon, you had also Isis, and you had Sokar. Sokar God is the name in reality. Um, in reality, it is the anguished cry of Osiris to Isis saying Sokari. And Sokari, when, when uh, Osiris said that to Isis, it is hurry to me. Sokar, the statue of Sokar, was also covered with this secret element. And <laughs> for example, the statue of Min was covered by a thin layer of bitumen. I don't know how you said that. Tar in English? Yeah, bitumen, tar, yes, absolutely. Yes, okay. Yeah. So, <clears throat> the ancient Egyptian, because the secret element is tar, and ancient Egyptians said that when the dark color of the statue became green, by the patina, by oxidation. It was then the sign of Renaissance revival symbol. Then I noticed that during the annual celebration of the mysteries of Osiris in ancient Egypt, the people, everyone, built two different statues of Osiris with slime. And then they put the small statues of Osiris made of black soil inside small sarcophagi. And inside the sarcophagi, they added four balls, one of barley, one of slime, one of aromatic plant, and one of tar, bitumen again. And then they buried the sarcophagi. Then I noticed that it existed something called 
the Baths of Osiris. Ancient Egyptians celebrated Osiris building beds with a thin canvas, and over the canvas they drew the ship. So, uh, actually, Antoine, we're just coming up to our first break. I'm fascinated by listening closely to what you're saying here. But we're going to have to take this first break, and then we'll return to hear more about this fascinating story of alchemy. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. I want to take this opportunity to thank my sponsors for the show, www.myheartcenteredjourney.com. And I'd just like you to encourage you to take a look at that um, website. And tomorrow evening on our Ambassadors of Light program at 5.30 Pacific Coast time, I will be talking about some of the discoveries that I made on my trip to England which will be uh, really interesting and some profound information, actually. So please do go to www.myheartcenterjourney.com and check out the Ambassadors of Light program. And now back to Antoine Gigal, who was telling us an incredible story just before the break of discovery of a secret element that was layered onto the surface of certain selected statues uh, of ancient Egypt. So, Antoine, just, just continue with this really interesting story. Yes. So, I noticed also that it existed something called the Baths of Osiris, and ancient Egyptians celebrated Osiris building beds with a thin canvas. Over the canvas, they draw the shape of the body of Osiris. Then, they filled up the place of the body with tar, and upon it, they put soil with seeds, and they watered it and waited for the germination. With the germination of the seeds on the shape of the body of Osiris, they made a bread of life. 
and they were eating it with much respect. This may, maybe is the origin of the communion. So it seems that bitumen is associated with regeneration, eternal life, fecundity, but it is not finished because I noticed then that the name mummy is coming from the Arabic word mumia in memory of the oil field, the tar field in an open quarry in Persia and the name of this quarry was Mumia. And this word is exactly the name of the black powder made from bitumen, the famous black powder used in alchemy in Egypt. At the origin, the mummies had a small quantity of bitumen inside it. In the recent times, it was 80% of the mummy mixed with bitumen because they forgot the right process of mummification. Scientists think that the presence of tar inside a mummy is for waterproofness reasons. Yes, of course, but not only. So what? It is at Venice, Italy, where we got an answer. Between the 11th century and the 17th century, Venice is the center of a strange, strange dealings. The dealing of the mummy black oil from Egypt. All the European elite bought of this very expensive oil. So why? In reality, this black oil, because the bitumen was considered seriously as a rejuvenation elixir, it was taken in distillation. So we are in Alchemia because it was a transformed tar. Maybe we think today that it was ridiculous, but in reality, it was very serious. For example, the King of France, Francois I, used it every day. He used every day the uh, black oil from the mummy of Egypt. And in France, in 1624, it existed a legal trading license for the bitumen, and the people were buying bitumen for health problems and also for longevity. Under the French king Louis XIV, it was the same. We found, uh, well, I found trade patents for bitumen for health care. Now we come back properly to Alchemia. The great Egyptologist Sir Wallace Bird wrote that the ancient Egyptians knew about the use of mercury to amalgamate gold and silver and to make a lot of different metals. He wrote that in the process of parting gold, for example, and a black powder with incredible properties was got. This black powder was known with the help, uh, was got, sorry, with the help of bitumen. Sir Birch wrote, 
this border was identified as the body of Osiris and was recognized as a magic source of life and power. This kind of bitumen you can find in Egypt in the area of Abydos. And Abydos for me is one of the door of the dread, the subterranean, um, uh, you know, land. In Abydos area, you had the first site of pilgrimage of all Egypt because the Egyptians sank that Osiris tomb was there. Um, you have also the first dynasty's pharaoh's tomb there. It's a fantastic place. I went there with a special permit because everybody can go to the uh, city first temple in Abydos, but you can't go behind in the desert where you have all the tombs of the first dynasty. And the first thing I can see when I am behind the temple of Seti I in Abydos is the mountain Piga, the Piga mountain. And this mountain is known in the ancient text to be the place of immortality. I think that at the origin, the presence of bitumen in the mummy was also a symbol for the preservation of the energy of life in the body. Now we can understand why Mark Antony, for example, offered to his beloved Cleopatra a fishery near the Dead Sea. In fact, it was not a fishery, it was a tar, uh, a tar site. Instead of a mine of gold or diamonds, he offered to her, in reality, the possibility to access immortality. And Alexander the Great, after his conquest of Persia, was obsessed to reach Egypt in order to find this powder of immortality. He knew by clairvoyant that his life will be short. It seems, well, in the text, it seems that he found, he found it in Egypt, but the guardians refused to give to him, to give it to him, <clears throat> but one of his soldiers, the name of the soldier is Matun, Matun got it by error and he became the Olawiz Green, not needing to eat nor to drink anymore. And this evergreen uh, man, it is the name in Arabic is Al Kid. It is the name of immortality also given to Osiris. It seems that this quest of immortality was the true reason behind the second crusade. And a lot of people from the elites came to Egypt as Napoleon to try to get information about this elixir, this black powder transformation of tar from Abydos 
is for a few alchemists the most secret element from alchemy. But in reality, when I consulted experts in Egypt and in France, they explained to me that the secret element is in reality three different things. One is a mineral element, the transmutation of tar, and one is a specific water, and one of the elements is a plant. And one of the Latin names of the plant you can find in, Abigo, in Abydos is Peganum Armala. And you have in it the name of the famous Pega mountain. You have also in Abydos the Osirian, where you have the most secret water of all Egypt, known to do miracles. So the composition of this alkaloid from Abydos is interesting, not only for waterproofness then, but also it seems that it is a good nutriment to be able to, to live a long time without health problems, but also because its properties of superconductivity transmuting matter as consciousness, as consciousness, it can allow a kind of communication between people from brain to brain, as we can understand <clears throat> from the works uh, of, for example, the mathematic professor from Oxford, Roche Penrose, his work about the brain and microtubules, and work of David Hudson about almost orbitally rearranged monoatomic elements. But of course, uh, uh, Peter, this is different from monoatomic gold. Yes, I, I actually would love to hear you, you talk about that because there's been a lot of uh, press given to uh, monatomic uh, white powder gold. We're actually... Uh, not, not quite at a break yet, but we're coming up to a break fairly soon. Um, but obviously, uh, there's a, a couple of major questions I want to ask. You've gone through uh, a huge chunk of information, which will be new to a lot of people. And so I, I just want to back check uh, on, a, on a few things that you've said. So um, I think what we'll do is, is take our break and return uh, yeah. with Antoine in a moment, just to get a little bit more clarity of our understanding. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. Listening on a higher dimension. 7th Wave Network. 
listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Having a fascinating discussion with Antoine Gigal about the black tarry bitumen that was clearly sought after in the ancient times and actually in more recent times because it was uh, c- containing elements which provided the famed elixir of life or immortality. So Antoine, just, just continue with this, uh, this wonderful story about this, uh, this black substance. Yes. So I said it's t- totally different than the monoatomic gold. Yes. And the people are mis- mixing a lot of different things. They are mixing the monoatomic gold with the colloidal gold. They are mixing with the manna or the bread of God uh, uh, of, of the Abras in, in the desert. And also they mix it with the uh, Indians Vibhuti or Basma of gold. So um, this black powder is totally different. <laughs> but uh, it is also, um, we know that um, uh, it has been discovered that certain monoatomic elements have the potential to assume what is referred to as the high spin state. Uh, this refers to a phenomenon discovered in the late 1980s by a nuclear physicist uh, at a number of uh, renewed laboratories around the world. They discovered that when certain monoatomic metal atoms are put into a high-spin state, the elementary particles inside the nucleus become rearranged and spin around at an increased rate of spin. So, all these elements are elements um, activating the the uh, complete DNA potential, but I think that the the black powder is much more powerful. So the black powder then is a is a, a source that already exists. Um, it doesn't need to be uh, worked with in in the alchemical process. It it already has has been alchemized, as it were. Yes. Of course, uh, it, it is three elements together, but when you see this black border, it's, it's a final product. So it's really interesting when you, you mentioned earlier about uh, Cleopatra being offered um, the, the, basically the supply of the tar rather than uh, an ancient mine of gold or, or diamonds. Yes. So, so the, the significance being that we're looking here at the potential elixir of life or immortality. Yes, exactly. Because when the historian said that uh, Mark Antony offered a fishery, but 
if you know that there is no fish in the Dead Sea, besides the Dead Sea, because there is no fish in the Dead Sea, right, yeah. <laughs> too salty. Well, they are little, very little fish, but not. So it was not a source of money, but it was in, in reality, it was a tar site because the tar was considered as a more luxurious, more, more more precious than the gold or diamonds. And that certainly would be the case, wouldn't it? If you think about anything in the world that is of most significance, it would indeed be the, uh, the elixir of life, the ability to become immortal through taking a substance like this. Yeah, and it's impressive also to, uh, to know that what we are doing today with the oil, <laughs> so, we so are very far from the <laughs> elixir of life. <laughs> so are people taking the oil today? I am sure, yes. But a very few only knew that and a very few knew how to make the process. So, but, you, don't, so you don't have access to it yourself? <laughs> you know, uh, I... I am a kind of of person who thinks that uh, sometimes knowing the thing is enough. You don't need to eat it. Ah, okay. <laughs> so there's a consciousness uh, connected to it then, or an, yes. energy, or an energy connection that you can create. Exactly. If you know something with all the knowledge and consciousness possible, so you get a thing. Ah, there you go. I totally agree with you. <laughs> Great. So let's just shift topic a little bit um, because I wanted to uh, have, have you talk a little bit about your connection with the oral tradition keepers of, of Egypt and how they connected with you and what their knowledge was. Yes, this is a... Wow. <clears throat> Uh, my first contact with that oral tradition was five or six years after my first stay in Egypt, because I stayed 20 years in Egypt. In that time, I went many times in the temples of South Egypt without uh, realizing that a few special people were watching me, recording everything I was doing all my behavior when I was visiting a temple, for example. And after a few years, um, I knew, of course, every guardian, all the people inside the temples. In fact, among them, uh, some of them are the local tradition keepers. And I realized that a few of them were part of a mysterious web all around the country and that they were informed in time of all my moving and traveling. For example, that I have been in a temple uh, for 45 minutes and what I said with who I was speaking with, what kind of clothes I was wearing, etc., etc. Yes, Incredible. And one day, I was in the chambers behind the heart of Itfu Temple in one of the little chambers completely carved with wonderful hieroglyphics. And I was trying to test the sound 
in such place with my voice. And they came to me and they began to explain to me things of the past and it never stops. It's still continuing to this day. Uh, they know, in fact, in reality, they know everything about life, death, the universe, etc. I think exactly like the very ancient Egyptians. When I asked them, why do you want to teach me? Why, why, do you, why did you choose me? They said, because you are a woman and because from now uh, we are allowed to teach only women. <laughs> wow, fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, the main part of, of, of what the, uh, of, of the knowledge they share with me is about the sound. But first, uh, maybe I have to explain that at the center of the belief system of the ancient Egyptian was the magic power of sound because they developed many creation myths um, based on the power of sound um, and its association with the birth of light and the word out of a mound emerging from the dark water of chaos. This was because their experience with the Nile River, which annually flooded the nearby land and on receding left behind newly formed months and of uh, fertilized earth perfect for life-sustaining farming. So, for example, the creation meet in Memphis was with the god Ptah. By uttering a litany of names, Ptah was able to produce the gods and all of Egypt, including the cities, the shrines, temples, and gnomes. In the city of Hermopolis, taught Tehuti, the patron deity of the city, vocally commanded that the groups of deities be driven together, producing a cataclysmic event that resulted in the primordial mound, which contained the cosmic egg that hatched to reveal the young sun god. In Tiba, Luxor, it is the god Amun, emitted, he emitted a mighty honk like a goose, which burst into the stillness of the universe, causing a cosmic reaction and initiating creation. So, uh, but Egyptians not only regarded sound as the cause of creation, but also ascribed magic properties to sound in their daily lives. There was, uh, of course, priceless sonic rituals, uh, that the sounds of nature were the voice of spirits, of the, of the gods for the Egyptian. So the Egyptian used the same symbol to stand for sound and voice. For them, uh, the most important sound was the human voice. The voice then was the magic means by which to reach the gods. 
And one special part of the Egyptian temple liturgy was described as the going forth of the voice, during which priests chanted their sacred formulas. And uh, the most highly regarded magicians were the uh, Harry Heb uh, priests, Harry Hebb's lector priests, who held the secret knowledge of the sacred temple text and were responsible for, uh, um, for, for to, to uh, tell the text and the power of those texts to, to communicate with the spirits of the inv invisible world during the ceremonies. And it was said in ancient Egypt that the priests had the power of Heka. Heka is magic in ancient Egypt, in their voices. And uh, they had, of course, tremendous influence in Egyptian society because people feared the priest's ability to uh, utter fatal curses, for example. But all that to say that the sound and the voice was a, a main thing in ancient Egypt knowledge. Yes. And so, what uh, what have the uh, the people of today who carry the ancient oral traditions taught you about the importance of sound? Well, they 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 taught me how to do the sounds with my voice. And this is completely different than uh, what you can listen sometimes in Egypt from uh, foreigners uh, coming and making sounds, for example, inside the Great Pyramid or inside temples, because uh, what they do is uh, mainly uh, the aum, etc., etc., sounds. But uh, the uh, keepers of traditions, they, they taught me something totally different because you are not singing with your throat, nor with your belly, nor you are, uh, you are making sounds with your, of course, your voice, but you are making sounds with all your body. And in fact, is, they teach me how to vibrate all the water inside the cells, uh, inside my body cells. So Antoine, we're just coming up to our final break, but I do want to pursue this uh, with you afterwards. This is Peter Tang for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. Be Extraordinary. 7th Wave Network.
listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Just a final reminder to check out the website, www.myheartcenteredjourney.com and go to our Ambassadors of Light program for uh, looking into our future connections to spirit through our beautiful developing chalice of vibrational light. And, of course, sound. And Antoine, just before the break, you were about to tell us or beginning to tell us about the way that the sounds need to be made to make a difference in our world. Just go back to that for us. Yes. In, in fact, I have to highlight the fact that uh, I am only uh, a student in that, you know, because they taught me uh, from years, but it's a very long uh, knowledge to to uh, to, to, uh, to know, to, to understand also. But uh, it's completely different you know i am very bad singer i'm really a <laughs> so very <am> I. <laughs> singer but i am very good in their stuff in the in the ancient uh in the ancient uh manner to 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 uh, do this sound is incredible when you do it you do it with all your body and mainly with all the water inside the body uh resonating vibrating of course your dna is completely in resonance it's incredible because it is so strong it is so strong uh that when i did that uh, to test of course uh sometimes uh the people they they could hear me uh from kilometers outside it's incredible the power of this uh uh, I, myself, I am completely astonished when I hear some of the teachers doing that, or, or myself. Uh, and and are, the, these, are these sounds actually made inside the pyramids? Is that where you go to do this? You are not obliged to do that inside the pyramids. Also, uh, not all the pyramids are uh, made for resonating sounds, but... Uh, you can do that in a temple. You can do that in a little chamber because they learned to me that, uh, in fact, uh, in, in the little chambers behind the Edfu, um, in the Edfu temple. So, um, what is interesting in the Edfu temple chambers is, uh, of course, the Edfu temple is recent temple because it's from uh, the Ptolemaic times it means from the Grecian times in Egypt and the Roman times in Egypt but it was a copy of very ancient temples and the little chambers behind uh, the, the center of, of, of the uh, of the temple are carved with hieroglyphics and the hieroglyphics resonates when you are doing that so I suspect that uh, they had 
different chambers in all But uh, also you can do that, of course, uh, in the Red Pyramid, for example, and in other places. I think also we can do that outside, but I never tried outside <laughs> because it's so powerful that I don't know what, what can happen if you do that outside. <laughs> now, if you're, if you're doing this, this incredible sound, which resonates through your whole system uh, and you're wanting to be in uh, some co-creative mode uh, how, how do you connect the sounds to creating some form of manifestation well uh, for the moment uh, I did not try that what I tried because I follow what they said to me I just follow what they said to me you know <laughs> And uh, it is a kind of explained to me that the first steps is a kind of expansion. Expansion, you, you understand? Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of expansion of your being connecting with all the cosmos. So you're making, a, through the sounds that you're making, you're actually connecting yourself up to all of the different elements that exist in, in the cosmic realms. Wow. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. So it's, it's amazing. So how, so how have you felt differently after you've made those sounds? Yes. In fact, when I started that many years ago, uh, it changed completely my life. Because I was not too much connected to all that before, you know. And uh, the 20 years, well, I met, they, they taught me 15 years ago the first things. And 15 years ago, I was not aware of all the consciousness, uh, you know, background I have now. And it changed completely my life. So, uh, for me, it's very meaningful, of course. Of course, yeah, yeah. Now, before we go uh, any further, Antoine, because we're coming up to the end of the show, I know you've got a, a major project that you're just beginning, and I'd love you to have the chance to tell our listeners about that. Yes. Well, uh, with my team and with uh, very, very uh, good friends, we are launching a project, a very huge project. The name of the project is 2025 Feminine Space Birth Spirit. And um, because we want to do a very big event in Egypt in 2013, to launch all the all the uh, the all the events, in fact, all the big events for the change of the planet, and um, the birth of it, it is for the birth of a new caring human being, an initiative by planeters, females, a gathering of all grandmothers of Earth. Uh, because for us, the word is lying in the womb of spirit, 
it's a female surrounded by a star field and galaxies. We went, uh, we are so full of positive and hope that we decided to launch this big campaign and events in 2013 because we are very tired of the 2012 stuff, yes, you know. Yes, yeah. Uh, for us, nothing is finished. You can change by your mind and your heart everything when you want. You just have to know that. So, Antoine, we're actually coming up to the end of the show. I'd love you to give the websites that our people can connect with you on and for this project in particular. Yes, you can reach me uh, on gigalresearch.com, my website. And you can also on Facebook, my my uh, page on Facebook, you can write to me. We need uh, help from everybody and for all the women of this planet and from all the women making the difference, the difference in this planet. We are open for ideas, for help, for everything. Thank so, you. It's, it's a wonderful idea, and I love I love the the concept of birthing a new, uh, caring human being. We're coming up to the end of the show, Antoine. I really appreciate your time today. Next week, my guest will be Walter Crutden. We'll be talking about the procession of the equinoxes and uh, a really interesting discussion about the sun and relationship with Sirius. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Have a wonderful week. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.